following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. And for the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at this unbelievably true story of Jonah. Now, I know that the flannel graphs have been brought out in your Sunday school class, and you have studied, and you know the story of Jonah. But we're going to go into this thing for the next four weeks. And I want to tell you, this is one of the most exciting sermon series that I have ever gone into. We have had a good time planning through this. Pastor Brent's going to be helping me preach through this. And man, I'm going to promise you this. It is something that you don't want to miss over the next four weeks. Like today, can I just be very honest with you? I was speaking to some of our band members backstage before we came out here, and I said, what God has planned for us, not only today, but over the next four weeks, the enemy does not want you to hear. Because I believe that this morning when we leave here, we are going to be challenged to be people of great faith and of action because of God's love for us. And so we're going to just jump right into this thing. And I just want to tell you something. This story is about so much more than a man and a whale. Like, that's all that most of us in here have ever heard about Jonah and the whale. We don't know the actual ins and outs and why Jonah even made it into the Bible. But over the next four weeks, we're going to unpack this. And I promise you, it is going to be a very fun series. It is going to be a challenging series. And so we're going to jump right in it. If you have your Bibles, Jonah, chapter 1. Jonah's in the Old Testament. It's one of those small little books. It's around Obadiah. If you can find Obadiah, it's somewhere. And if you don't have a Bible and if you don't even want to look in the Old Testament, the scriptures are going to be on the screen because I'm going to start in Jonah, chapter 1. Listen to this. Jonah, chapter 1, the very first verse. It says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Umatai. Okay, I think that's how you say it, or at least that's what the internet said, right? And so it says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Umatai. And second verse says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, Jonah is a prophet, And so Jonah's a prophet, he's a man of God, surely he's just going to do exactly what the Lord tells him to do, right? Let me ask you this question, why in the world, especially for some of the younger people in here, why in the world is it so hard for us to be obedient? Why do we have such struggles obeying? And I think there's a simple answer because I've asked this question to my children over and over. Why don't you obey me? And here's the simple answer is because being obedient. I don't care how young or old you are, being obedient does not come natural to us, right? It just doesn't come natural. You know what comes natural to us? Blinking of our eyes. I mean, that's natural, isn't it? How many of you sat here and reminded yourself every seven seconds to blink your eyes? It just comes natural. Think about this. When you slept last night, how many of you had to wake up about every 30 to 45 seconds and say, breathe? Breathing just comes natural to us. And I want you to go home and do this. I want you to go home and when you sneeze the next time, 
I want you to try to sneeze with your eyes open, okay? I want to hear what happens. They say, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they say that maybe your eyes would pop out of your head. So when you go to sneeze, do you know what comes natural? You automatically close your eyes. Let's think about it this way. I believe disobedience just comes natural, not to just some people, but I believe disobedience is just a natural reaction. I think it's something that we're born with. I know that I have never sat with my children. I have never sat them down. My wife may have done this without me knowing it, but I have never sat down with my children and said, this is how you disobey. This is how you do it. Like when I tell you to do something, I want you to do the very opposite. I never sat down with my children. Like, I want you to be quiet. Do you know what the natural reaction to that is? You get as loud as you possibly can. That's what comes natural. And it's crazy. I tell my kids, hey, listen, it's bedtime. It's time to start winding down. We need to relax. The natural reaction is that they muster up as much energy in their little 14-pound body as they possibly can. That just comes natural. Disobedience comes natural to every single one of us sitting in this room this morning. And so we're not going to be too hard on Jonah. Jonah was a man of God. He was a prophet of God. And if we understand a little bit about Jonah, we're going to take it a little easier on him. Because Jonah was a man who naturally disobeyed God, just like every single one of us in here. we got to understand that Jonah... Man, Jonah was a popular man in his time. Like, Jonah was a very popular man during a very prosperous time in the land of Israel. Like, Jonah's messages were most of the time very positive, and they were well-received. He was speaking to happy people. Like, when you come in here happy... It's a lot easier to speak to you than when you have just yelled at your entire car. Like when you are happy coming in here, I believe these messages fall on better ears. Note to yourself. But Jonah was preaching to happy people who received his messages. And then God, here in the very first part of Jonah, says, Jonah... I need you to go to Nineveh. And if you understand Nineveh, Nineveh was a wicked place where the people were not happy. Any VeggieTale fans in the room? You know that they're fish slappers in Nineveh, right? And so Jonah is used to being able to deliver good news to happy people. And God says, no, Jonah, this time I need you to go to a wicked place and I need you to deliver a very tough message. I mean, we're the same way as Jonah. Isn't it wonderful in life when God is saying to you, hey, you can do this. You can have your way. Life is good. 
And when it's that way, do you know what we in the church do? We go, God's good, right? We say it and put our hand up. Like when God is good, we, we put our hand up for some reason. We say, God is good. And for those who are really happy and really getting it, you say, God's good all the time. And all the time, God's good. When he's doing things our way. When he's not asking too much of us. Oh, but let's turn the tide here a little bit in Jonah's life. Jonah says, go deliver this tough message. How about us? When God asks of us difficult things to do, things that are going to stretch us, things that are going to cost us more than we're willing to pay, God, what's up? Like, God, what what have I done? Why are you angry at me? Why are you trying to get me, God? What are you trying to do, God? The God's good is no longer. That's what's going on here with Jonah. So surely Jonah's going to listen. I mean, wouldn't it be easier? We would all listen, wouldn't we? If God said directly to us, go do this, every one of us would listen to God if he just spoke to us like he did here with Jonah. Surely Jonah is going to listen, right? Look at verse 3. It says here, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. I believe some of us are there right now. Like we've run. We've run away from God. God has said do this and we've done just the opposite. Some of us know exactly how Jonah feels right now. We're running. I don't know what you're running from. I don't know what God's asked some of you to do. I believe that God may have asked some of you just to simply surrender your life to him. And you're running. That's what Jonah did. Jonah actually ran as far away from God as he possibly could. Most of us have heard this story before, but we really don't know how far Jonah ran. Jonah went as far away from where God wanted him to go that the the world knew. Like, there's a map I want to show you in this picture. As you see, Nineveh is where God wanted him to go. You see where Tarshish is? Like, that was as far away in the known world as you could get. And I believe some of us are there today in our life. We are as far away from where God wants us to be or go or do. Because we're having a very difficult time obeying God. That's what Jonah did. There's a statement that we're going to need to look at and before we go any further here this morning. Because some of you who really don't know the story of Jonah, which I think is wonderful, you're probably asking yourself, okay, I can relate with Jonah. I've been disobedient, and I have run as far away from God as I possibly can. I wonder what happens next. Some of you who have read this story, you may have learned it in Sunday school. You may have have had a sermon series on it before. You know what's coming next. 
And you're thinking in your mind right now, God is getting ready to get Jonah. And you're exactly right. But you're not as right as you think you may be. So this next statement that is going to appear on this screen is one that you must wrestle with. Like it is a question that you need to wrestle with and you need to be able to answer. Because the way you answer this question is going to determine the way you view the rest of this Jonah series. And not only the way you view the rest of this Jonah series, but the way you answer this statement is going to determine the way you view the rest of your life. And so the statement is this, the way that you view God will determine how you respond to Him. Jonah chapter 1 comes here in verse 4. Listen to this. Because Jonah's run as far away as he can. Verse 4, it says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Some of us are saying, that's what happens when you disobey God. God's going to get you. God's going to have his way in your life. And he'll do whatever he needs to do. He'll raise any storm. He will cause any pain. He will punish you any way he can to get you. Verse 11 says, then the sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do with you to make the sea calm down for us? Verse 13, instead the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. And so if we read these verses through the lenses or through the view that God is mad at us, and that God is angry with us, and that we better not make a wrong move. Because if we make a wrong move, then God is going to get us, and He is going to punish us, and all kinds of painful things are going to come our way. If we have a view that God is that way. Can I tell you that if we view those verses as pain and punishment then we will always be walking on eggshells with our relationship with God. And it is no wonder that many of us sitting in this room today, it is no wonder why we have never done anything in the name of the Lord. It's because we're so stagnant and so scared that if I don't hear exactly what God wants me to do, then he's going to turn my world upside down, and I just can't deal with that right now. And so we're terrified. And we're fearful of what an angry God may do to us if we make a wrong move. 
And so it's just safer to stay right here. And we're crippled with fear. And so your view of God will determine how you respond to him. But if we read those verses about the wind and the storm breaking up the ship and the waves raging, if we read those verses with a view of God, that God loves us and that God is so all-knowing, could it be that God is so gracious and that he is so forgiving That we don't see that as pain and punishment, but we see the wind and the craziness of this scene as God protecting Jonah and God providing another way for Jonah. Could we see that God is so good that even though Jonah has run as far away from where God wanted him, In his sovereignty, God is making a way for Jonah to return to what God wanted for him in the first place. Could God be that good? Could we look at these verses as his providing and his protection over pain and punishment? Because how you view God will determine how you respond to him. Well, Scott, I know God's not out to cause me pain. And I know that God is not out to cause me punishment. But you know what? I've done some pretty rough things. And I've run pretty hard from God. So I know that he is not causing pain and punishment in my life but I sure am. Like some of you sitting here today, you are the source of the condemnation, not God. You know you better than anyone else. And you feel like you need some punishment and some pain and some condemnation upon your life for some of the choices and from some of the running that you've done. You see, that's what Jonah did. Look at verse 12. Jonah says this. He says, hey guys, I am the problem. And you, for your sake, you better just throw me overboard into this raging sea. I deserve death because I've been disobedient to God. And so, hey guys... Just throw me overboard. That's what it says. Verse 12, it says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon us. Self-condemnation, not from God, but you're the ones bringing the condemnation upon yourself. And some of you are like, God, I have been so disobedient. And I have done just the very opposite what I know you've asked me to do. 
And so even though you're loving and you're forgiving and you're gracious and you're merciful and your son Jesus died for all of my sins, but I still need to condemn myself. You are constantly telling others and you're constantly telling yourself to just jump overboard because you deserve this punishment. You see, Jonah basically was saying, guys, it's time for me to die for being disobedient. And if you're one of those in this room tonight or today that is self-condemning, you need to know of a passage of Scripture that a man by the name of Paul wrote. You see, the Apostle Paul had experienced the love of Jesus. He had experienced the forgiveness of Jesus. He had experienced a new life in Jesus. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, It's not going to be on the screen. This is one you need to go home and you need to find and you need to remember it if you are constantly condemning yourself. You see, Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, he said this, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so for those of you who right now today may be standing on the edge of the ship ready to jump overboard because you feel like that is the best way out, you need to know that Romans 8.1 says that there is now, today, this very second, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are not condemned by my God. And you need to stop condemning yourself or allowing other people to condemn you. The life that Jesus offers you is greater than some of the circumstances and situations that you are in right now. You do not deserve to be left behind. You do not deserve the situation that you are in. You do not deserve, and you fill in the blank, you don't deserve it. You see, my God, through His Son Jesus offers way more than condemnation and death. I don't care if Jonah thought death was the best way out. He saw death. God saw another way out. I need you to look at verse 17 because in the church for so long, we're looking at verse 17 through the lenses and through the eyes and through the view of a God who is punishing us and is wanting to cause pain for our disobedience. Could God be so good that in the midst of our disobedience, he is not wanting to provide pain and suffering and punishment? But what if number or verse 17 is actually true? When Jonah has done the very opposite of what God wanted him to do, it says in the 17th verse that the Lord provided a great fish for the man who has been so disobedient and has gone the very opposite direction of what God wanted You mean to tell me that God is so good that even in the midst of all of that, He is still providing a way for Jonah? Yes. It says the Lord provided a great fish. I don't know what He's going to provide for you. Probably going to say it's not going to be a great fish. But it may simply be 
hope. It may be that he is saying to you this very day, I love you. And I want to provide for you. I will protect you. It's a good story. So what does this mean to you? Those of us who struggle with disobedience, what does this mean to us? Some of us in this room feel like that we are way too far gone. And so what does this mean to you? God, how, Scott, how do I obey? Like, what do I do? Like, I've got to leave here today, and I've got some pretty serious decisions I've got to make. And I'm not hearing from God. I have no idea what he wants me to do. And I am afraid of going to Tarshish. I am not wanting to go to Nineveh. Like I am wanting to go as far away from what God wants me as possible. Scott, what does this mean to me? God, how do I do this? I'll just tell you this. My family and I, We've recently sold our house. And to this very day, I have no idea where we're going next. And some of you are like, well, that's stupid. I mean, that's what my wife's saying right now. But for some of us, we're like, I don't know. And I'm going to just be very honest with you. I do not know if selling our home was what God wanted us to do. I'm not 100% sure of it. Like, I cannot stand here today and say, I heard God say, sell your home. I didn't. I can tell you what I did hear God say, is He told me to get my house in order. But I'll tell you today, I stand here not being 100% sure that's what God's asked me to do. But I am 100% sure that my God is with me wherever I go. You see, He's promised me that. In just a couple of these verses that promise me this, he tells me that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise of God. I, said, I think that verse and that promise makes it a little bit easier to be obedient, even if we don't know for sure this is what God is asking us to do. And if that wasn't enough, he says it again. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Can it be that God is so good to us and loves us so much that if we go to the opposite end of the earth, when he wanted us to be right here, that he is still with us? He was with Jonah. He wasn't punishing Jonah. He wasn't wanting to cause pain in Jonah's life. He was with Jonah wherever he went. And he provided. And he protected And so here's what I talked about with one of our band members right before I came out on this stage. We are in the midst. 
Not, like not getting ready to be, but we are in the midst of a huge movement of God. And you're here this morning to hear this message. Because in the second verse of Jonah 1, he says, go. He didn't say stand still. He didn't say walk around terrified, frozen in fear. God said to Jonah, go. And some of us in here, we don't know where to go. Like we don't know what's next. But I can promise you God is not wanting you to stay where you are. He is wanting you to move in obedience. Because when you view God as someone who loves you and provides for you and protects you, we become people of unbelievable faith. And we automatically become people of action. And we do crazy things in the name of Jesus. God, how can I know this is what God wants me to do? Can I just say to you, there are going to be things that God is going to ask you to do when you leave this place that you're not going to be 100% sure. You may not even be 50% sure, but here is the way I do it. Take it or leave it. Everything that I do, I do with the intentions of bringing God glory and making His Son, Jesus, known. And I believe that my God is so loving and so good, He protects and He provides in such a way that if my heart is set on doing that, I may have made a mistake and sold my house, but God knows my heart is motivated to glorify Him and to make Jesus known. I just happen to believe with every ounce of my body that God is going to provide and protect. He said, that's what faith is. Here's how you can know that this is not what God wants you to do. You see, God does not want you to move and go and be and do. He doesn't want you to do that so that you get the glory or that you are satisfied I just happen to believe that this life is not about us so here's what I want to do because I believe there's getting ready to be a movement of unbelievable acts of obedience and I believe it starts right here can you imagine what 200, 300 people in this little community could do if we just started to move in obedience to God's Holy Spirit? With no fear of making a wrong move because our heart is set on glorifying Him. Can you imagine what could take place? Some of you are going to move in ways that you never thought you could move. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. Hey, Scott, I know God's asking me to move. 
But I believe there's some of us in this room, we've never been able to obey God in the big things because we've never surrendered our life to Jesus. And I want to tell you this morning that that's the first act of obedience. It's saying, Jesus, here's my life. I need you as my Savior. Today, I am ready to take that step of obedience. And here's my life. Jesus, I need you as Savior. Will you forgive me of my sins and take control of my life? Today, Jesus, you are my Savior. Hey, if that's you, every head's bowed and eyes closed. If, if that's you, today Jesus became your Savior. Would you just lift up a hand? Today you surrendered your life to him in obedience. Would you just lift a hand up so I could see it? Amen. For those of you who just raised your hand, here's what we do. As you leave out of this gymnasium, you will see a table that says, what's next? And there's a card on it that says salvation. You simply follow those directions. You simply do what's on the back of that card and you're going to be in touch with someone here at Connection Church. We want to know you because we want to walk in these next steps with you. So if you surrendered your life to Jesus today, your next step is to speak to someone out there at that table. Hey, listen, I know every single one of us in this room. Here's what we need to do. Is we need to go. And we need to do. And we need to be. We need to be obedient to what God has to say to us. I promise you, you do it with a heart that is set on glorifying God. And making Jesus known. I don't care if you turn to the left when God said turn to the right. He will be there. So God, I just ask you right now. Will you do things that we never thought were possible? Because we're being obedient to you. God, we want to move where you move us and we want to do what you tell us to do. God, may we be people of action and people of faith, knowing that there is no place here on this earth that we could ever be where you are not. And so, Holy Spirit, fill this place and have your way with us. And it's in your precious name we pray.